Welcome to another episode of the Protein Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Wasserman, and is with me my co-host, Kyle Combs. Hola. It is September the 20th. We are hanging out in our new Protein Bros Podcast studio. We have two lovely guests here. We have a two business owners, two separate business owners, one couple. Really couldn't be farther apart as far as what type of business, too. We have a... <laughs> We have a gym owner and a bakery owner. and uh, We just had some baked goods, and I will tell you right now, they were delicious. She knows what she's doing. And uh, so if you guys have not heard of Dolce Bakery, that is owned by Aaron Brown. And if you've heard of Rev Gym, and it is, let me be specific on this. It's, Revol- it's Revolution Gym and Fight School. U- University. Fight University. Yeah. Rev Gym and Fight University. Yes. And when did the, and by the way, this is John Brown, by the way. Hey. And do you go by Johnny or John? Whatever feels good. Okay. Yeah. For our listeners, <laughs> he's Johnny for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> so Johnny, tell me this. You you guys have a gym. Was it always also Fight University? Was fighting always involved in your gym model or was it? And most importantly, how easy could you kick Jeff's ass? It's a good point, dude. I got probably 60 pounds on you minimum. But he's also, he's like, he tops out at his cardio performance at about 15 seconds. You outlast him 15 seconds. Can you do that? Uh, that's most I, people. <laughs> Whatever, I'm not ashamed. 15 seconds, pretty strong. I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident. I could probably kill him with my eyebrow from here. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Jesus. Yeah. Well, that you means might he have could, to. He could go with a toenail on Kyle then. <laughs> yeah. Come on, dog. So we got. So like I said, yeah, the fighting part of it is the part that throws me off because I haven't been to the gym. I've had so many friends that tell me it's awesome. We've had our own events with you guys that I know have gone really well. Um, We had a women's self-defense class with you guys just last month. I know that went over really, really well. It was great. And it was half, you know, workout and then half self-defense class. Mm -hmm. How did you guys parlay that, you know what I mean, into the fighting side of things? Uh, For that particular seminar? Oh, no, not the seminar. Just uh, in general, yeah, from a business standpoint. Uh, Honestly, I was uh, more of a martial art combative school before we were like a large gym. I'm with you. Uh I um, branched off from my old instructor years ago. So the gym's been around, started playing with my own concept of gym in about 1998, formerly 1999. Uh Yeah. Thanks, honey. I'm old. Um, (laughs) And so the we started out. Um, I started out the, the martial arts school itself. I was doing some personal training. Um, I'd gone to college for it. My dad was a trainer, um, and I was basically doing the you know travel to people's homes kind of thing. And it was just kind of it was more of a side hustle on top of running the martial art uh, school that I was trying to develop. So I'd broken off from my instructor, long story in there. That's a whole other podcast. But you were doing martial arts uh, as, um, you know, just like not a hobby, but just like that was your enthusiast, like that was, you were an enthusiast. No, I ran four schools for my instructor. Mm -hmm. I started martial arts when I was six. Mm -hmm. And this is karate, taekwondo, Um, help us out. Combative, traditional taekwondo, which is not what you see today. It was more of a full contact kind of a thing. Uh, no, no pads, a lot of. Um, None of that Nancy shit they're doing now, huh? No, no t- it was not tag. No. No. Um, no. Um, and then um, full contact bouts, kickboxing, and then uh, there's uh, combative hapkido, and then judo and submission grappling. All of that. Very familiar. Just joking. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Big difference. Gotcha. Sure. <laughs> so anyway, um, no, I'd been, it, 
I'd been in business with my instructor, and I was essentially known as his son. He didn't have a son of his own, Korean instructor. I was known as John Kim in the Korean community and much of the, the Korean arts community cool. nationwide, internationally. And um, I was running four schools for him, big long story, fallout. Um, and then I was like, I'd had enough, and I'm not going to do anything. And then some former students got hold of me, and they had a um, metal fabrication business down off 13th and Woods Weather in the bottoms. And they wanted me to just come teach them like in their, it was literally about the size of this room. They wanted me to teach them in a lobby. So there's three of them. And I come down and start privately teaching them because I was doing some side hustle stuff, other teach the people privately. And then I noticed they had this office behind me that was just not being used. So what would you charge me rent for? So 300 bucks cash a month. Started paying them rent in a 17 foot by 23 foot room, no AC, Whoa. No heat, cinder block building. You could touch, it was a seven and a half foot ceiling. You could touch the ceiling. This is a storage garage. Essentially. Yeah. It's a large brick building down there at the bottoms. And eventually, I mean, we outgrew that thing super fast. Some of the old students found out it was down there. Can I ask how old you were when this was happening, Johnny? Well, I'm 54 now. Okay. So 19, late 1998. So that would give you 24 years ago. So now you're 30. Ish, yeah. Okay, so this yeah. is so this is uh, this is this is like really uh, worth discussing if you can. You know, people, you know, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, they're all thinking like they're already doing what they're going to be doing for the rest of their life. You know what I mean? We're all naive in our twenties and thinking, okay, I'm done. You know, this is what I'm doing. And so, it sounds like you had an unbelievably close relationship with this guy that owned these these fight schools, mm-hmm. and. You know, this fallout in you having to transition into a different, you know, different career altogether. How did that come about? Um, well, we're going to go all the way back to my childhood to, sure. a, to, <laughs> sure. a, to, to a particular level. So um, grew up on the side of tracks. I'm a, I'm a Raytown boy, Raytona Beach. Um, I haven't heard that yet. Lower, That's great. Yeah, I like Raytona <laughs> Beach. Yeah, I've heard a little Ray Raytown. Ray Raytown, I've heard. Graduating yeah. class in 1986, yeah. Um, lower middle class, um, had an abusive stepfather, was an alcoholic. Um, so at an early age, I knew what it was to survive, not necessarily thrive yet. Um, athletics is the only place that I found that, um, where you were feeling like you were, you know, excelling alive Yeah, in, in any, in any way, shape or form without a thumb on me or, or somebody, um, denigrating who I am or what I wanted to be. Sure. Um, so I think that just being bred into me instinctually that, that transferred over into all the athletics that I, that I was involved in. I was competitive at track at the age of six years old. Um, so I went to college on a full ride for decathlon, um, and been in competitive in martial arts since I was a young kid. And so that was kind of the only place I ever felt, uh, like I was moving forward on my own. Mm-hmm. And so to run into that wall, um, and have that, that break of that relationship to someone who I considered a father mm-hmm. and have distrust again. Yeah, it sounds like a much... I'd spent so many years with mm-hmm. was really, really difficult. Um, to come to the other side of it, um, what I learned a lot of with that, honestly, was how not to treat people, how not to treat clients, um, to absolutely set standards and live by them and be the example of those standards. If you're going to go, if you're going to have a passion about something and love it, if you're not all in, 
the people that you're quote unquote selling it to right. are going to know you're full of shit. Understood. Um, and it's so, you know, there's, there's a big thing around McDojo and all that kind of stuff and people that are fake and martial arts, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and absolutely in any form of business, that, that's going to show up and you're going to lose clientele. And over. the most passionate people will always be able to recognize that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've got clients in our gym now that have been with me since 1999. I am training, I'm now training some third generations of families. I'm training people's grandkids who I trained them even back when I was in my late teens. That's crazy. Jeez, man. So That's super wild. It's mostly so, because I trapped them in the gym. and yeah. <laughs> But you're in this spot. You're like 28, 29, 30 years old, somewhere yeah. in that. And it's like, that's a coming of age for a lot of people. And that's because, you know, again, you, you think this is how life's supposed to go. And it, I mean, 30 is when you arrive. And I would tell anybody, like most people's life really starts at 30 because you start to recognize <clears> like this is life isn't what you thought it was going to be because it's not all what you expected. It's not sunshine and fucking rainbows. Right. Ever. Right. Um, it, it's, and that's one of the, just a, part of the path and things that we drive into, even in every day's programming that's in the gym. We've tried to, I've tried to roll over a lot of the philosophies from the arts into what we do into the gym and the discipline that's behind those things. And if you're going to talk about fighting, Anybody can punch, anybody can kick, somebody can throw, somebody can choke somebody. What are you going to do when you're the one being hit? How are you going to get back up? What are you going to do to overcome? And can you do that on a daily to constantly move forward? And my answer to that is yes, period. Put a pin in it, end of sentence. I mean, our our T-shirts are, you know, big motivational green black stuff that we wear all the time. (laughs) Super colorful. Um, Mm -hmm. Things like pay up, get back up suffer those are things that are back in our t-shirts because it's it's embracing that and knowing that that's going to come whether you want it to or not and if we're putting it in front of you in the gym on a daily and you're going in there with the attitude of whatever john hands me f it i'm climbing the mountain and i'm going to get there today every single time and learning how to take that hour two hours whatever you're spending in, in our gym and then translate that attitude and that performance into the other 23 hours that's awesome how, how, I love that. How specifically are you doing that? So, like, when you say you're building, you know, resilience as far as, like, are you guys sparring on a regular basis in your gym, or are you giving so, them yeah. some kind so, of challenges? So we've know? got basically two sides of the gym. We've got about 10,000 square feet, about 5,000 square feet for functional gym. We're not CrossFit. <clears throat> is a lot of functional training. Other side is I actually have three businesses. We've got the gym, which kind of embraces the sports side of martial arts, <clears throat> but I also developed a – um, five-level combatives program that was developed for military, law enforcement, and first responders, which is Iron Arsenal, and it, it, we work with a lot of first responders. And then the third is I own a, a full security company. We do um, we do uh, um, every time a security is. We're, we're doing a lot of active shooter training for schools, churches, and things like that right now as well. Uh, we do full corporate security. Um, we do... Uh, are you, doing the, security are, are you doing the instructing on this, or is this something you I, have a team of instructors now? Um, I've got a, a few of my guys that help with the martial arts. Are some One has been with me. One is now 30. Siegfried's going to kill me. I just asked him the other day. He is 35. Started training when he was six. That is incredible. He is with me. Uh, and then Chris Nelson is one of my black belts. He's been with me almost since. And he's since like 2001. Wow. With like 20 years. And so um, they assist on both sides. Um, I've got uh, 
another young lady, uh, Karina. Uh, she's taken some of the arts with us, but mostly on the functional training side. Um, and then Hannah's been around for quite a while. She's on a, a sabbatical right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah James? Yeah, you know yeah. Hannah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Hannah and Elliot, yeah. Elliot's wife. Love those guys. That's right, yeah. Shout out Hannah and Elliot. We love yeah. them. Love you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as like talking about, yeah, I, so there's days, like right now we're running a, a challenge in the gym and it's an eight week, uh, it's called fight camp. Mm-hmm. So even for those that are novice, that never fought before, we bring you in, you're going to pick a weight you're going to make, so you're going to make weight mm-hmm. in your fight. We've got the things like your gallon of water a day, you're going to eat clean, all the points, right? And you get points if you do a workout on the martial arts side for the fight camp training, you get five points a day. If you do the functional, you get five points a day. You have the potential of 10 out of the workouts. So you're going to put the two hours in, really get it done. We've got pop-up stuff on that. So I float. Like the, some of the main lead classes, I'm floating between the functional and that. And are you going to have oh, a spar? Oh. So the sparring, yeah. So yeah, we're getting Thanks. we're getting ugly and dirty. We've got we we've got some already that we've got people doing it that have been training in martial arts with me for several years that still do the fight camp just because it ups. There's more bodies on the mat. They're getting into it. So yeah, to answer the question, yeah, we're sparring in there uh, just about on every day at this point. But, but I think resilience wise, the workouts and the sessions themselves, the way that you throw them at us, especially Fridays. Friday is FYF, and it's. Right. Um, it's not feel your feelings if no. you're wondering what the. <laughs> uh, but but I think that the workouts in general, um, a lot of them are meant to challenge you and make you step up and show up and give your best. And sometimes you read it and you look at it and you're like, oh, it's not too bad. It's more that. of a mental toughness challenge. Yes. Yeah. And well, so the physical <laughs> is one aspect, but the but the resilience I, is built by that goes back to your the shirt sayings you know saying yes. come back stand up get up you know i yeah. think you kind of really you know figure out who you are when you're in a workout that you just want to quit really bad yes and then you yep. push through that point and if you yep. do that enough it's it's like creating a callus you're just basically over time you get to the point where it's like you just build self-confidence. That yes. self-confidence obviously tra- translates into a lot of different places in your life. Yes. Right. So if you do, uh, you know, combative, combat- combatives training for like police officers, I've seen a lot of people talk about, you know, um, making requirements for like police officers to have jujitsu training or to have some kind of combatives training because yep. I follow a couple of posts or a couple of uh, pages on Instagram, police posts, um, which p- post a lot <coughs> of f- funny uh funny and not so funny uh, video clips of police officers basically not able to handle themselves in situations that are non-lethal situations. So like people basically resisting arrest and you can't, you know, it's not like a a situation where you shoot the person, but they can't, you know, get them down to the ground. So is that basically what you're helping with police officers specifically? Yeah. Part of that um, is so in the mid um, eighties, I helped develop the clamp on the grass system that were developed by a father and son team that I was also training with the martial arts at the same time. Chris and Larry Lamb, shout out to you gentlemen. Um, was an FBI agent and one at the time was just uh, budding into law enforcement in KC. And it was uh, based around a couple of particular, the Camara, those are familiar with it, um, as a whole to get to the ground and things like that. And I was can you just show me that on Jeff real quick? No, I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, I have a question. I was... Uh, um, so I was at Yuki for that because I was already fighting full contact a lot. And so if I couldn't get out of it, okay, let's let's push it forward. So it became a big national thing. Unfortunately, what's gone on is the degree of violence that goes on in our society now and continues to grow. Law enforcement and agencies, most three-letter agencies, have not been able to keep up and get ahead of 
the degree of violence that's out there now because of societal changes and all the BS, and that's a whole other podcast as well. Mm-hmm. I'd stay here all day and talk about that crap. Um, but part of it is to, uh, it's a little bit of my give back. Actually, we charge the agencies very little, actually, for, for them coming in. And, and it's uh, we signed them up usually on a year-long program. They got full access to our gym, full access to the training. But as far as coming back to the question on the combatives, yes, there's a problem with it. What most people don't realize is not every law enforcement officer is John Wick. They're not going to shoot. I've, I've had we have a full we have a, a shoot house within the other side of the gym as well. We've yeah. got full sims. We run full SWAT teams and SIRT teams through there. We have an infrared firing range, and I've had people come in that are civilians that we put through some of the same courses. Literally ask me why can't law enforcement shoot them in the knee? I'm like, okay, <laughs> here's an infrared gun that's got about 60, 70 percent of the normal blowback. I want you to hit that large target right there. Yeah. Right. Well, people, if, if you haven't ever shot a handgun at, you know, 20 yards, you don't understand like, oh, this is harder than it, it seems. And then add stress inoculation. Yeah, and the other correct. person wants to kill you yeah. or they're trying to hurt somebody else. And you're and not trying to have collateral issues. Right. And everybody's got a phone on you because everybody would rather put a phone on somebody than help, which is also another whole podcast yeah. I can go off about all day. But as far as part of the problem with law enforcement, honestly, anybody wants to help out there is they are not afforded enough training time. Yeah. They literally get about the equivalent of two months max a year of training in hand-to-hand, de-escalation work, takedown work, and everything else. Law enforcement spent a lot of time having to do with a lot of junk that's paperwork, paperwork mm-hmm. the hours, mm-hmm. things like that, the way things roll over. And then the other side of it is is they're not funded well enough. And all mm-hmm. this whole, look, here I go. Defund the police. Defunding yeah. the police, I would like to punch everybody in the mouth. Mm-hmm. It's like we this. need to overfund the police. Yeah. Yes, uh, honestly. Yeah. But, you know, people, I want to be safe and I want to live in this neighborhood, right. but I don't want to pay the taxes to help fund the police so I can be in the safe neighborhood. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. The, I don't have a better word for it. The, the, I think I, I listened to a, a podcast where um, <laughs> Jocko was talking about, you know, doing some kind of like, you know, one week every month, you have a full week of training, you know, for a police officer. Yes. But to do that, you'd have to pay police officers more. You'd have to have more police officers on staff. Yes. You'd have to make it. Yes. You'd have to yes. um, create a better working environment for right. cops right. to right. to attract, you know, more people to do that. So what we do to try to help with that is we do a train the trainer. We train the defensive tactics instructors. Oh, okay. We yeah. cert them, and then at their leisure, they can help. We help them organize to get into our gym. So, in other words, our gym becomes a facility that they can bring their entire squad in. Mm-hmm. Um, we work real tight with about five agencies here around town. PV has been in a lot uh, this this year already. Um, they'll do block training um, four to six times a year. Their SWAT will come in about the same amount, um, run particular scenarios. Sometimes they're bringing in chess cams, running stuff by me. How does this get better? How do we do that? Um, And so they're they're getting in the better habit of, I want to be a better law enforcement officer. It's not always, and sometimes it's on their own time. Now, mind you, it's paid for because agents paid for it. So they've literally got 24-7 access to our gym. So they're going to do a 3 to 11, then come off, hit the gym at night, go home, come back in the next morning. They can get on the mat and get some more work in. Um, and, and the hard part right now that's tough is almost every single agency out there, it's hard to hire. Yeah. Nobody wants to be – would you want to be a cop right now? No, it's not no. exactly uh... – no, it, It's so – 
a lot of what we do at the gym is is um, I've just got a dedication and and a love for our first responders. Um, when 9-11 hit, that was kind of a, a that was a big hit to me. Um, could have joined the military early on. Yeah, I was I was offered a job by DEA when I was first going into into college, and some a couple other three letter agencies had talked to me, and I was sucked into a whole fighting career, and it's going to be glorious. I'm going to be this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, ego got in my way, and then. Um, Come 9-11, um, I was really tight with a lot of first responders. I trained a lot of them, and a lot of them were called out that day, right? And I'm calling on my brothers. I'm like, hey, what do I do? How do I get them? Like, you can't. And I was just, I was distraught bad. Um, and so dove in even harder from that point on, which is you're kind of talking about the inception of my gym really starting to grow at that point. And so in one of our original spaces, once we'd moved up into uh, the Leewood Overland Park Prairie Village area, was we have a flag. This is the original 47. And what it is, it's a flag that we've had done. It's, we've had our, we have T-shirts with this as well. And it's, it's, it's a reminder to me it's in a solemn affair about why I do what I do. So our flag has got 47 skulls on it. And it's 47 people that I have trained personally that we lost since then people that I trained that were first responders that have died in the call of duty, given the ultimate sacrifice, didn't come back to the dirt, or even I lost in 9-11. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, now it's 53. It's not 47 anymore. But it's we had it painted on the wall. We're still trying to find a place for it in our new space that we've got. But just so when I walk in and I hit that, I say, it's on my Jeep. It's on the hood of my Jeep. Everywhere mm-hmm. I go, I see that. And it's a weight I choose to carry. But it's also that message of, back to the let's get back up when we're doing our workout. Why we do what we do isn't always just about us. So when we get into, you know, wads around 9-11 and Veterans Day, it's very, very solemn in our gym, but you will never see other people give more effort than when I get into their head about why we're doing what we're doing that particular day. Because it isn't about, yeah, it's going to be a hard workout and you're going to feel lottie dotty good and, and you can do the breath thing and everybody worked out on a, our hero wad. But why you're actually doing it is to understand some of that suffering, take some of that weight, understand that families and mothers and, and, and daughters and, and sons are out there and they've lost their loved ones. They're not coming back. Mm-hmm. And that weight to carry and have that appreciation for our first responders, whether they're military, law enforcement, firefighters, nurses, um, you know, some, some of our first ones we also refer to now are teachers because of what I had to go through in COVID. My mom and my both my parents were um, educators. And so an understanding that's not a glorified life either. It's a very, very difficult thing to do. But to give back through the suffering we do during that workout, it's just, it's bigger than you. Mm-hmm. And when you're willing to face that suffering and do it on a daily basis to push, then when life does smack the shit out of you, because it's going to, you've got the resilience and the callous that you're speaking to, to walk right through it. Other mm-hmm. shit just starts rolling off your back. But when yeah. you learn to face that every single day, no matter what I have on the board, when you walk in there, and something else happens later today, well, fuck, it wasn't as bad as 100 Turkish get-ups I just had it's, to do. It's the reference it's, point it gives you. So, so it's like yeah. it, you can always be like, yeah, you know, this is bad, but it's not, you know, like you were saying, it's just not nearly as bad as, you know, what I've already done this week or today or, you know, whatever. So 
Yeah. That's the 47. Yeah, it's dope, yeah. man. And yeah. on our Memorial Day wads, we, we bring a flag out to, we normally do an outdoor workout. Yeah. And we you're going to, you're, turns you're trying to get me to, <coughs> no, to, to I mean, it's, it's a really powerful, um, experience because the workout is a challenge. People, you know, we add a weighted vest to what we're doing or whatever, but, but then we, <coughs> he passes around his flag and we tell me, yeah. So this, Take it on the um, This flag, um, so my best friend, shout out to Rhino, um, brother from another mother, definitely. Um, I don't, I don't associate well with a lot of people, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that flag um, came home on a team member of his casket, and it was presented to me because of the training that I've done with teams, um, and it's one that we carry on our backs during a lot of Memorial Day wads. So I've got it. That flag will get passed to somebody else, and that becomes the weight. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we're carrying other weights, kettlebells, we're wearing a vest, or we're carrying plates overhead and doing ridiculous shit. But it, it's it's interesting to watch people, because I try to stand up back enough on some of the workouts when we're doing them. To, when that flag hits their back, it may as well be 500 pounds mm-hmm. compared to what they were, were doing. But then they get more upright with it, and, it, and it's an honor to carry that weight. <clears throat> but then every single time it gets passed around to that person, you see them just gain that much more energy, that much more spirit behind what they're doing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I guess, I mean, as far as going back to like the 30-year-olds that are discovering who they are, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, a saying that I love is find what you love and let it kill you. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of about that every single day. Mm-hmm. That's 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 kind of my driving force because I do I absolutely love what I do. It's super easy to tell how passionate you are <laughs> about it, um, and I think that passion has to be one of the you know starting points if you're going to be an entrepreneur that's successful because passion is basically what gets other people to buy into what you're you're selling basically. Yeah, you had, you attach so much more meaning to these workouts. You know, we've all um, done hero wads ourselves. We've organized them. You know, within our company. And, um, you know, I just, I sincerely appreciate how much time you take with the members to let them know the true meaning behind this and that they, you want them to all sit with it for a minute. And, uh, you know, whether it's a moment of silence or carrying the flag, people are having to really, really wrestle with what was sacrificed for them to be able to do that workout that day. Right. For the simple fact there's a gym for you to go to. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean. That you have all, the freedom to go to have. when you want to. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I always liked, uh, you know, when we do Murph, you know, I go to MC CrossFit and uh, <laughs> they, they have a little video where they play a portion of uh, Lone Survivor on there. And uh, it does, it gets you riled up, man, because you, you watch that and you're like, oh, shit, you know, like what a what an absolute like nightmare to be caught in something like that. And all I have to do is go out here and, you know, run a couple miles, do some yeah. push-ups, pull-ups. A little bit of guilt from like you complaining about the traffic on the way there, s- you know, squats, little right. things like that along the way. <laughs> right. Um, on a lighter note, somewhere along no, this way. No, let's stay dark, dude. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I kind of live in this space. Yeah. So I apologize. Well, yeah. There was this one time where you met Anyways. Uh, your future wife, Erin. How'd yeah. that happen? So I was in the gym. I was a client in the gym. Uh, my cousin. Martial came. arts or was it more of the. Uh, uh, it was more of the fitness side, boot camp. So gotcha. At that, time, at that time, you, he had martial arts going on, um, but my cousin was. 
talking about how sore she was, and I'm like, whatever, you're not that sore. Like, mm-hmm. What year was this? Um, this was 2003. That's just on my waiver. Yeah, he always threatens me. He's like, you know what's on your waiver? You signed it. Oh, I have that paper waiver in a song, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you come looking for? Man? Yeah. I disappear. Um, no, but no, so I started on the boot camp, um, and I have never been so sore in my life. I remember texting him or calling him afterwards. I was like, I think I really just completely destroyed my entire body. I've never been this sore. I played sports forever, and I love to move. Um, but it he's was, like, "What color is your pee? Is it yeah. dark brown? Because we might have a problem." <laughs> I'm dying. Um, and then, then after that, um, several individuals. So then I kept going back because I like pain, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then several ladies were training up to fight. And actually, no, no, no. Before that, several of the guys were like, "Come on, you need to try martial arts." I'm like. Uh, like I have no interest. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to do something, be such a fool. Um, and then I started trying. I was like, well, I don't have the time, this and that. And then I dove in and I think, I mean, I don't even know how many hours we used to train. Yeah. I mean, we were two <clears throat> minimum two hours two, a day. Three, yeah. Saturdays were insane. Saturday we'd go Saturdays. We'd go about 9am to one in the afternoon and then just solid. Just, but ridiculous. then you guys went on a date afterwards. And then we went on a date. And then here we are. Yeah, yeah. Like, what was the first date? Where'd you guys go? Where'd you take me? Yeah, yeah. Where was just where was your spot, Johnny? You had a spot. Did you have the bakery at the time? Uh, I did not have the bakery at the time. Uh, so okay. that actually, and that's his. We, well, I guess at that point, I was I had a wholesale production kitchen, and I was baking for wholesale clients. And I thought what that means for our listeners is that you were baking in a commercial kitchen and then taking those goods and selling them to individual vendors like a coffee shop, like Dean and DeLuca. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, And coffee shops and that kind of thing. And so then I um, thought about, I, you know, I had gone to culinary school. I thought about a retail location. I also thought about all the stuff I didn't know. And I had all the reasons why I was not ready. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we looked at locations all the time. We were always driving around town, looking at locations and then the one in Prairie Village stood out to me as this little 1,200 square foot shop. It was bright purple. Inside was a smoothie shop. And we went in there. Uh, actually, I was like, you know what? This is here, and I don't want to go in. Um, he goes, well. It had been vacant about six months. He goes, we I think it might be perfect. I, I had clients in, in um, Mission, Hills. Mission Hills at That's the time. It. So this is still, I was still. You were driving at Mission. At that point, I was running the gym. Every day. But I was still had some clients who were not coming in. I was still traveling to some homes. Mm-hmm. Um, Do we remember the year? This is... 2006? Uh, sure. Yep. Six. Probably. Mm-hmm. Have, now so were we were dating at the time. Yeah, at that we're, time, we were you guys, dating. You guys weren't engaged or married yet? Not yet. No. Okay. Oh, that's a funny story, too. But we'll get there. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we kept going up there, and I just kept noticing that place. Because I had gone in there before when it was running a smoothie shop, and it just it didn't make it. And it's that little outcropping uh, that's in privileged like shops. That you're familiar with. There's like three shops, right? There's a flower there shop that's been yeah. there forever. That was there. And then this yogurt shop that's, that's still there. So those two are still there. The smoothie shop didn't And Starbucks it. was there next door. Uh, oh, yeah. That's, a, that's, that's a decent a, neighbor to that's have. That's how I got my clientele. Yes, mm-hmm. okay. absolutely. So, yes, you're right. Um, so four shops were in there. And so we just kept driving by. And one day I just were driving by. And I'm like, that's your shop. She goes, no. I said, yeah, that's your shop. She goes, I, well, I, what do you mean? And I go, retail. You're ready to do this. I was like, you're at the bottom of Mission Hills. 
Because I, I had clients up there. I'm like, every one of these women threw a party for every other reason you can think of up in Mission Health. And they were buying from me already. They were already buying. But, but, but I'm like, but like, if you can... open up here. I'm yeah, like, you're adding so much credibility perfect. and legitimacy yes. to your business. Your money. Yeah. And then. So I did. No, no, no. So we walked through and right. I was like. <clears throat> This is never going to, like, it's purple, it's ugly, like, you know, all the stupid stuff you say. Yeah, all the things all the reasons, that you can change. All of that I don't know. <laughs> right. I, yeah. And then all of my fear, and then I could not sleep. And then I couldn't sleep again, and I'm like, oh, shit. And then I, but I was 20, I was 24. Um, I was not. And so <laughs> um, nobody wanted to lend me money. I didn't have sure. any money. And uh, I think I went to maybe eight banks, and finally my dad's um, banker was like, yeah, I'll do this deal. But SBA loan? He's got a co-sign. Um, it actually wasn't even an option like at that point. Um, so that would have been 2006. 2006. Yeah. Before the financial crash. Yes. Just probably would have stopped you from getting <clears throat> Honestly, yeah. yeah. I mean, had it been a little later. But also then out of the gate, I just thought it was really hard to make money, mm-hmm. which it was, but I didn't know any different. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's funny how in, in school they'll teach you a bunch of shit you don't ever need to know. And then they're like, but they don't tell you like, hey, let me explain what a mortgage is. Let me explain um, how you get a mortgage. Let me explain how you do a bit. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. I mean, I learned, I learned, how, to, I learned how to write a check in, in high school for sure. Yeah. Like they taught me how to write a check. But like and balance your checkbook? Balance your checkbook. <laughs> we had to balance it in the sense of like all made up. Right. You know, it was all made up scenarios. Um, and mm-hmm. it seemed really tedious, something that I wouldn't ever really want to do right. right now. And these days, like who's writing a check, right? right? So I don't know what they're doing <laughs> these think, days, to be I, honest. I don't think I understood assets or liabilities till I took a, an accounting class in college. Oh. And it wasn't like explaining, it was just like, you know, this is how you do. You oh, know, I had to, rich, I had to read Rich Dad. <laughs> rich <laughs> Dad Ford has. It wasn't like, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't explain cash flow. Anyways, mm-hmm. this is kind of off subject. But, you know, it's it's funny how, you know, when you're starting a business, you think like, Oh, that's not for me. You know, starting a business isn't for people like me. It's for like business owners. You know, yeah. those uh, are different. Yeah. Those are different people. And you know? I was and a child. Yeah. Like I had no idea what. And I, I think also the you know sometimes now people are like oh that's so brave of you. I'm like no, it's just stupid. Like, I didn't <laughs> yeah. know how hard it would be. And I just love to bake. And then you know I had somebody come in like oh have you read the E Myth and like well what's that and so I read it and I was like oh shit I made the wrong choice like this isn't right for me then I shouldn't be selling cookies I should just be baking cookies somewhere I want to be an operator um, yeah. yeah but yeah. then that's not true it's a great book yeah. by the way uh, yes for sure um, so then that little 1200 square foot shop um, we weren't quite done with construction right before Thanksgiving I had pie orders rolling in and uh, I was like you know we got our health you know our, our clearance at the health department and like, well, either they can pick up the orders out back or we can just go and open two days before Thanksgiving because I love pain. And so we opened right before Thanksgiving <laughs> and we it, it sold a million pumpkin pies. We sold everything. I remember looking at my sister and looking at the pastry case like, what was that? Yeah, I've yeah. sat in your uh, I've sat in your in your spot now, which is you know amazing <laughs> that, you know, we're talking 16 years later now. Uh, this next month will be 15 years. Yeah. 15 years. Yeah. So I'm sitting in your spot and I'm watching people just walk in and walk up to the case and just be like, give me one of those. Give me three of those. Give me four of those. Like, 
not even paying attention to how much stuff costs, which is awesome. You know yeah. I mean? It's also a bakery. It's nothing. So nothing's, ex, ex, you know, extraordinarily expensive, of course. And, uh, it's just, it's just awesome to watch people, you know, love everything that you're making. You know Thank what you. I mean? Thank you. It's cool. To, it's cool to see. And, uh, we and, might and have to see had the staff care so much too. The podcast. And yeah. We've, I, we've sampled a few. I liked everything. Too. All the good stuff. In oh there. my gosh. Well, but the thing is when you don't, uh, I, I think, I think where I was scared too is, you know, I had only bought cookies at this place and this place and this place and they cost this much and I knew what my I knew my numbers enough I had done enough math to know I need to charge this will anyone pay that I don't know but that Starbucks crowd they got their latte and then they just rolled right into the bakery I just propped the door open as much as we could even in the winter at first we propped the door open um so they would come in yeah the Um, playing playing the the pricing game can be a losing battle especially you know if you have a premium product it's like hey listen you know I'm not I'm not saying that, you know, I'm just saying that we have a product here that's, you know, a little bit better than what you would normally. And that's just going to cost you more. And people yeah. understand that, yeah. you know, taste it. What do yeah. you think? Well, the yeah. long, the long story of this, if you're wanting to be in business for a long time is that you can never be a price, uh, uh, can't Race be your to the number. bottom. It's yeah. You, you cannot make price, uh, be your number one, uh, draw because right. that customer isn't loyal. They're loyal to the price. And right. so right. the minute that somebody right. is cheaper than you, then you are now losing that customer. Mm-hmm. So you can't build a brand that way, you know, so unless you're Walmart. How, how, how did uh, the conflicting businesses, how do you guys like live under the same roof when you got somebody who's got a bakery? Yeah, the ultimate question, how are you guys in such great shape? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I just tasted, I really we've, tried these, we've tried these baked goods. I just They're had a cream cheese brownie and I would have that every day. If you brought that home, oh my God, I'd just you're be like just, uh, in big trouble. Dessert? Well, I think... So one of the things that I got in the best shape that I've been in, I would say, and besides, you know, well, the other time, uh, was when I was fighting. And so he had, that was like, I think my last fight was 2009 Mm -hmm. um, because he had several females that were training. So they need a training partner. So Mm -hmm. I got the shit beat out of me all the time. I'm not a natural um, on the mat. I love it very much, but. I'm not. She'll you love the challenge, but she'll, it's not your, your she'll gift. Punch, she'll punch a bitch, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will. Yeah. Uh, yes. We got to get into this. Or so whoever. But yeah. but so being, so so that training. Guys that, are bitches, too, yeah. just to be clear. I she'll mean, punch you. On occasion. We would do the same thing yeah. at the exact same time. We're yeah. like, here's Luke. <laughs> but, We're just but, joking, Luke. We love you. We need a punching bag. But Sorry. So figuring out, you know, like all the things in, in what it took to actually cut weight for a fight, because I'd never really cared about the scale before um and then they said you gotta weigh this and uh so then there was that so we were doing organized aspect. fights like at like you know a venue uh this was at yeah. harris i was at the voodoo yeah. lounge is yeah. so this is mma just, yeah. 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 yeah yeah that's cool yeah, yeah. Was, yeah was awesome. that ever and just to ask you johnny because of obviously like you were saying you had that time where you felt like ego got in the way in yep. your career yep in that moment did you ever decide like you know gosh dude that I mean 2003 2004 2005 2006 uh the ultimate fighter started around that time Mm-hmm. You know, did you ever think in your head, like, I'm obviously going to start out for this show? Good question. Yes. And um, in, in no other Because we know a couple of the guys in, in, that have been on the show. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. In no other clarity that in that time, I'm already, at that time, I'm already old. Yeah, yeah. In the there, fighter there, world. There are a lot older yeah. fighters now. Like, I mean, I would I would do a now. Sure. Honestly. Um, 
almost a fighter, an old guy. Um, but we got some really good fighters in Kansas City. We do, we do. phenomenal, fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've had, I've been very fortunate. The people that I've gotten, you got Glory like across the street. Don't uh, you? Yep, from your gym. across Metcalf. Yep. Yeah, we have yep. James. Yep. James Cross yep. is our second James, episode ever. Yep. James. Yeah. James is a good dude. He's, really he's good. Done, dude. He's done a, done a phenomenal job of building a good culture around his group, yep. um, mm-hmm. his family of fighters, and and they have a particular way that that, that works really well for them. Um, I've had the fortunate, um, but it have a lot of people cross over, um, use us for camps. Sure. Some of our in-house people have done really well all the way up into Bellator. We've, we've assisted in some camps of those that have fought in UFC, um, out of Kansas city. Um, we've had some really good fighters, um, go through our, go through our gym. But for yourself, how did that, what happened? Um, honestly, (laughs) uh, I'm going to poke. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Um, don't know. I mean, I took my last fight in 2007. It was the last time I fought. And it is the only, um, let people ask this question, it is the only sanctioned pro fight I ever had in 2007. A lot of myself was underground stuff. My very first NHB fight was in Mexico when I was 15 years old. NHB so, stands for? No holds barred. Precursor cool. to MMA. No cool. words. There was no weight class, no rules. It was bare knuckle. And Human cockfighting. Liter- yes, yeah. it was literally on a gravel road. Straight up. Myself, two of my guys with me, we'd fought. I've had a couple of those when I was in high school. But <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is different. This is yeah. different because you had a picture yeah. of me at 15. Um, I weighed about 143 pounds. Yeah. Blonde mullet. Baller. Yes. Let's go. Can we do Leather we have a photo? Let's do we go. have a photo of this that All we can right. put right here on the podcast on the YouTube? I'll look. See if we can find one of those and then and get I, it get it to us, please. Send for it, the, send it to Lou. For the hate, edit. I hate everyone now. Um, hey, the blonde mullet. You just you were, you were trend setting before you're it was cool. That. You're not uh, you're you're not liked a lot in Mexico when you're a skinny white blonde kid and you're gonna fight anybody. And it, it was grown ass men and it was it was ugly, dirty. I got and how did it go, though? Good. Uh, I won. How are your fights? And then I, I was suggest to anyone, go to Tijuana, find a fight like that because you're insane and nothing to better do in, in Raytown than go to yeah. Mexico. Raytown and find Beach. A fight. Yeah. Um, and then try to collect the money. Oh, that w- tell me about that. Didn't get any money, just left with our lives. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, sir, we're part of the cartel. Home. We'll kill you, yeah. so get out of here. So, and this is like, to be fair, this is like 86 Right? This is no, this is like 84, 83, 84. Yeah. So we're like, I mean, so cocaine, the board he came back with cocaine cowboys. I was is about going to say, right he now. came back yes. with a kilo of cocaine. Yeah. I, <laughs> Here you go. I just yeah. said I didn't get paid. That's yeah. all I said. Yeah. Not with money. Yeah. Not with money. No. Um, they made it, they made it, they made it worth your while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I thought off on a lot of our guys when, when MMA was blown up in Kansas City, we were kind of. In forefront of one of the gyms that was providing stuff for a lot of fighters. We had a big team at one time, probably over 30 guys and girls in there at at one time. Um, I had had the fortunate ability to train a lot of people that have done really, really well. And and it felt good about being in in that role. Um, I was asked to come out of my, quote, retirement in 07, had some moron who'd come to town, had been in town for about three years, running his mouth that nobody could beat him and blah, 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 blah. And... I think they called me out, one, because I'm not nice when I fight. I'm kind of mean. Um, and uh, 
he'd been running, talked his mouth about a bunch of people, and I think he was close to my age. So I think that was part of the deal too. Oh yeah, we're dude. both, we're both you, about we, thirty-eight. You try to be the best at what you do, and someone says they're better. Like, hey man, let's well, prove this. Well, it's not even about me because sure. me, I don't give a shit if somebody just calls me out in particular because they don't know me and I don't give a shit. But they were talking about Kansas City as a whole. Sure. And I'm like, well, this is my family, and it's a great community of of martial artists and fighters, and a lot of people come up and camps are always kind of, you know, at each other because that's competition. That's just how it is. But mm -hmm. it's a great community to be in. Kansas City's done phenomenal over the years. With it. And to have somebody come in out of Ohio, I believe, and talk crap for several years and nobody this called this guy the work everybody's and, been doing. and mind you, you know, the promoters of the time, I'm sure they beefed it up a little bit to yeah. get me pissed off, to get me to sign the paper. So I did and <clears throat> went in and... Uh, at a minute, 27 seconds later, I tore out his ACL and his MCL. And he, oh, had, to, he, had, to close, he had to close his school. <laughs> oh, other way. He had to close. Oh, Let's that's go. sexy right there. there. So you don't really know that's me because you can't see the face. But Let's that's, go. It's a little blurry. Those are some locks right there, baby. I like yeah, it, dude. man. So that, That's got to be like seven. I mean, we have here. like 10 employees that have that same haircut now. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but well, it's when, 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 El back. when Elliot James walked into my gym the first time, I'm like, you have my hair from 1982. <laughs> yeah. I would like it back. That's yeah, there's awesome. That, there's, 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 that's 1989. What are those suits you guys are wearing? So that's, that's a Taekwondo tournament. Uh, that's 89. Um, and that is me. Uh, that's the final. In 89 in a national championship. So you're bringing that leg down into the side that of the dude's is, head? I came over his head on the other side of his head, brought it over, and broke his collarbone with that So accident. you were just, dude, okay, so did Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, inspire you at all? Come on. Um, okay, so. This is the 80s. You're, kickbo <laughs> you're kickboxing. This is the 80s. Come on. Yes. I mean, dude, I was, <laughs> hey, I grew up watching all those movies, and, like, that is some who, of the best who movies Who didn't go home and try to do the splits on the chairs? And yeah, I don't know what it was, but, like, that time frame, like, sidekicks, surf ninjas, three ninjas. Karate like, kid. All karate ninjas, kid. Like, dude. Ninja. I was, Ninja Turtles. I was in on it. I mean, yeah. dude. <laughs> you didn't fight. Without without weapons, no. then you weren't cool. You know what? You know what James said when he was on our podcast that like really made an uh, impact on me. He goes, "You know, you can have more money than me. You can be better looking than me. You can have you know all these things. But at the end of the day, if I can beat your ass, that's like the end of the line." Yes, <laughs> and I have to say, Aaron knows yeah. my story all the time. My <laughs> favorite story, yeah. one of my favorite stories, is so. Do you guys? How old are you, Joe? I'm 34. Yeah, you don't I'm remember. 35. Right, so I was born in '88. I'm so. Um, so Lynn Dickey's in Westport, I was the cooler at Lynn Dickey's for several years. So we're like, like a what 80s. at Lynn Dickey's? I'm sorry. A what? You've seen Roadhouse. <laughs> did I hear a cooler? Yes. You did. So I was, let's go. Roadhouse you were a Roadhouse guy. Uh, <laughs> let's go. I, you saw the haircut. Be nice. You be nice. saw the haircut until it's time was there a to shirt? not be That's nice. That's really my only yes. question. Always be nice. Stupid okay. to have fun. Did yes. You, did you have a I blind can, uh, can friend who played guitar? Movie <laughs> if you would. This is awesome. Hey, so Kyle was a bouncer as well. <laughs> that's and that's true. where we met. Yeah. He yes. was a bouncer at a club. And, uh, and I, and the first guy that hired me at Selwyn Superstores was also a bouncer. He still works at a nightclub in Vegas to this day. But this dude told me, he's like, you know, I was like, hey, like, what's the training like to become a bouncer? He's like, you just watch Roadhouse. That's it. <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, are you, you dead serious? Roadhouse, he's like, you just, walk in. just yeah. it's the training video. You watch yeah. Roadhouse and yeah. you're done. Yeah. 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 Be really yeah. nice yeah. until yeah. it's time not to be nice. Yeah. 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 The only the only reason I was cooler was because I also trained all other bouncers. And we had 14 bouncers in there. It was a huge bar. It's where World Market now sits mm -hmm. at the bottom of the hill. They tore the building. It's a great location. <laughs> and at the time, it Lynn Dickey's was ridiculous. It was a two and a half hour wait to get in the on spot. Friday, Saturday nights. It was it was dumb. 
Um, and because I'd worked security stuff already, that was why. So I'm also watching, like I'm watching the bar, make sure nobody's, you know, skimming. Yeah. I'm, all the things. And you're all of like, let's say 175, 180. No, what are you? No, I was maybe 160 pounds. Even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody I down the shit. No idea. I, the best. I, I, I can't well wait. I can't been, wait for this story. I very well could have been Patrick Swayze's stunt double. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. With, with the mullet. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, at that time, actually, I had a flat top. But anyway. Let's go. Did. did you have the mullet with the flat top? Because no, that's a good combo, sir. No, yeah. That uh, is never a good combo. Somebody dude, lied to I'm you. I'm telling you right now. That's rat a good tail. Combo. He just had a rat tail. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, take your hat off. <laughs> Pull the rat tail on. Yeah. Um, uh, but so we threw, we're throwing this guy out of VIP. He was being an asshole to uh, a waitress or something. And then and, and, and same thing as, as James would say. Get this guy to the door. Push him out the door. Two of my guys took him out. I'm standing there to make sure he behaves. He turns around, takes a step. So I take a step out. And he reaches his jacket, and I'm about to, because I don't know if he's, what he's going for. Sure. He pulls out his checkbook. <laughs> and he goes, I could buy you and this fucking bar and everybody in it with one check. And I said, and I will kill you with your own fucking pen before you could write the goddamn check. <laughs> and he went home. Yeah. So same, same thing. It, it is... It is Honestly, there, there's yes, I, I agree with James. Absolutely, there, there's absolutely a sensation being able to walk down a street yeah. and knowing it doesn't matter on a your, primal your, level. Your, your, Let's your, talk your about this. Yeah. Your, your, your your place in life or your stature. Yeah. Because to be able to whatever you're rich, don't give a shit. Yeah, doesn't <laughs> matter because of your uh. but because of your experience. And this is still puzzling to me at times. People mm. that we don't know sometimes will be in the car, which is even like when we're walking, you can kind of feel someone's energy. They'll nod or bow to him. And I'm like, but you're wearing a like 20 year old sprawl hoodie. Ugh. And they'll just kind of like bow and know. And I'm like, well, how do they know who you are? Like, how do they know? And and sometimes we're in the car. And they'll look over, and somebody will like kind of nod and bow, and it's kind—I of, mean, it's cool as shit, but like it's embarrassing. It's the energy, it, dude. No, it's, <laughs> but and I'm not, you know, but it's—it's it's, why is it embarrassing? It's true. Well, it is. It's it's well on my end, it's weird. Yeah, it's because one of those well, that's not why you did it. You know, no, it's, no, well, it's not it's what just, you expected. No, it, it, it's not that. It, I just I love what I do. Yeah, and I just do what I do. I'm not walking around. Hey, you better bow to me. You were my student 20 years ago, but I mean, I. I've trained a lot of people, and in all honesty, I've been also been hit in the head enough that I don't remember everybody. Sure. Oh, which he is doesn't also, remember names a lot. Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> Jeff. A lot, of my fi- a, lot of my, a lot of my fighters actually call me Puddin' because that's all that's left on my funnel, <laughs> frontal lobe. So. <laughs> you, uh, do, you, do you guys know Zach Cummings? Yeah. Zach, yeah. so uh, when I was when, I, when I was a bouncer, yeah. he was the guy that trained me. Okay. And I remember the first night that we. Who we, else was a bouncer there? Come on. Well, there's we had a lot. Mike the Menace Johnson. Oh, dude. Mike Johnson. Yeah, if you guys, who's still Mike. a UFC fighter to this day, yeah. was also mm-hmm. throwing people out of the same club as Kyle. That's Zach. Hilarious. Zach was training me, and I remember on my first night, he's like, "Dude, this job is it's pretty easy, man. You just need to like stand over there. If somebody gets too drunk, just throw them out." It's like, okay, cool. He's like, "But give me backup if like you know if there's like a group of guys and they they become a problem." And, uh, you know, Zach has cauliflower ear. He looks like he would just kill somebody. Just you Yeah, know. he absolutely <laughs> said, like, looks like don't fuck with yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I remember. Uh, <laughs> Mike was sneaky, though. The, the first night. Yeah, the first night he, he is dragging somebody out drunk. 
And I'm like, oh, shit, I got to go help Zach. He told me to come help him. And so he's dragging somebody out drunk. And I come up and I, like, push the guy as he's dragging him backwards. And I knock Zach down onto his back. (laughs) Zach breaks the table. And the table, like, hits him in the head. (laughs) And he's like, dude, get this guy off me. So I yank the guy off him. I throw the guy out. (laughs) And uh, Zach turns. He looks at me and he goes, dude. Don't do that again. Don't push. <laughs> don't push the guy onto me. Like that's not good. He's like, all I wanted you to do was be there for me in case his buddies tried to jump on me. I said, okay, I won't do that again. My bad, man. Kyle's the ultimate team player. Like, he training. listens to directions. Yeah. Like he, he, he did exactly what he told. Like, I was like 260 pounds at the time, and so like I had a lot of I had a lot of man behind just me to just. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about you guys are both uh, you know coolers, if you will. Uh, let's talk about a cool. Listen, dude, I, I, there, you probably can't put us in the same category. Like he knew what he was doing as far as martial arts go. I was just like a big meathead that was throwing people out. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but there's different. But there are I some. I feel like I missed out on a good part There's of some life. really. There's got to be some good stories here. So, give me your ultimate throwout of somebody where it was dicey, where blows were exchanged. There's <laughs> that just wakes him up. He likes it. Yeah, he's one of those things where you, uh, where you punch him and he just looks at you and yeah. doesn't move and is like, do it again. That's, That's scarier. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Or you scarier. know when he drops his hands. You should you should see the foreplay at home. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, now. There's more slap than tickle. But when you're, 160, when you're 160 pounds, like people have the, these uh, preconceived notions. And like, there's got to be a good story ass. where you beat the shit out of a 250-pound dude. Mm-hmm. Probably mm, one that stands out was I had to fight eight guys. Oh, so you literally were John Claude Van Damme? I, no, never that big. Were sure. you just tornado fisting it? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, no, we'd, we'd, we'd uh, myself and a couple. It was another bar. And myself and a couple other guys had, had thrown out uh, about three guys. They went and got friends. Came back, started taking baseball bats to headlights in a parking lot. Oh. And so we went out, dove in. Two of my other guys got hurt. And to be honest, there were eight of them. I probably fought five or six. My other guys were kind of busy with them. Um, some guy blindsided me really well, caught me with a sucker punch coming from almost behind, broke my orbital. My eye immediately closed. Um, <laughs> turned around and looked at because it, it didn't knock me out. So I turned around and looked at the guy with an eye shut and kind of looked at him and went, uh-uh, and he turned white. And then I, um, the great story about this, I'll get to it in a minute, but jacked his face up really bad. I, I kicked him in the stomach, kicked him in the face, laid him out, um, got in the fight with the other guys. I can't describe how much really what happened in all of it other than throwing and hitting and kicking and punching and, and laying people until the cops showed up. But then as the cops were pulling up, I was still pissed I'd been hit because this is pretty. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, is this the yeah, he'd been told he had nice eyes. So yeah. He just broke one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I turned around with my guys who was like kind of holding that guy I'd already jacked up. And I said, where's the guy that hit me? He goes here. And I proceeded to just continue to beat on this guy because I was pissed until the cops show up. Jump three, four years later when I'm at Lindicky's. I was always a little wary, particularly when I'm doing that job. So I came up and knew my name. And I come walking out of the restroom and <clears throat> some guys having a drink and I can't really see his face and he kind of puts his head down and finishes his drink and he kind of his head, his head and he goes, you John Brown? I'm kind of taking a step back. I'm like, yes, why? Yeah, yeah, he's asking. And he looks up. <clears throat> this dude's got a scar from here to here 
where I'd kicked him in the mouth and it had ripped. It was that same guy, and had ripped it. And so I, I started recognizing him. Yeah. And I go, what? And he goes, I want to thank you. And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, you beat the shit out of me and my brother and some of our friends several years ago. And he goes, I woke up that next morning, and every morning I've got to look at this, and it completely changed my life. And he, like, shook my hand. Really? That's so unbelievable. out of, like, one of the biggest fights I ever had, that I, I hate that that takes something like that to change somebody's Perspective, persona, yeah. perspective of life and who you are and the fragility of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But good on him for... He had a great perspective about it, you know. You can't hide it at that point. It's freaking right. scar in his face. He's half a joker. Scar. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so there was a part of me that was like, you know, uh, actually kind of sad for the guy in, in a way. Happy for him, but in the same sense, sad that that's what it took. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, sometimes, you know, you get into a... a Kyle, you break in, you, you turn anybody into the half a joker? <laughs> I did not, <laughs> no. I mainly just let you in for free with your dates and made you look like you were cool. What about here, your... Fr- here, sir, let me let me let you in through these velvet ropes. Mr. Wasserman. Mr. Wasserman. So good to see you. Uh, that was really fun. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Definitely, definitely loved that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the gnarliest thing I ever saw is one of my one of the dudes that I worked with, uh, we were kicking a drunk guy out. And the, we were kicking him out the back, and the guy fell to the ground. And on the side of the ground, there was a brick. He grabbed the brick and whapped the guy that I was uh, working with in the head. And the dude was bleeding everywhere. And me and uh, Zach went and chased him down, tackled him, did unspeakable things to yeah, the guy yeah. because you know uh, curb stomped our, our buddy, our buddy Ruben, who's who we were working with. He ended up. I mean, dude, he had a chunk out of his head. It was crazy. I think the guy probably got arrested for aggravated assault or assault with a deadly weapon or something like that. But that was, that was pretty crazy because it was like all of a sudden things got real, right? Real fast. fast. But then again, you know, because we had Michael and Zach and they were both up and coming, you know, Zach, I think was just about to be, Michael had just gotten into the finals on the ultimate fighter and Zach was about to be on the ultimate fighter. There wasn't a lot of people that were looking for trouble in the bar that we worked at purely yeah, because of yeah. like that. <laughs> nice. There, was, there was there were some times deterrent. before they ascended. I, I worked at Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen of as course. a server at 19 years old, and uh, Mike the Menace Johnson was also a server. And he'd be like, "Dude, you want to come to one of my fights, dude?" And I was like, "I mean, I don't want to go to your amateur ass fight, dude. I'm honest <laughs> with you, but like, you probably suck." But all like, He's actually no, awesome. not even that. Just like, I don't got any. I don't have any money. I'm 19 years old. What are we talking here? And he's like, ah, dude, I get you a ticket for like 20 bucks. And I was like, 20 bucks. That's like going to a concert. You guys are amateur as hell. Like, what are we doing? And then like, little did I know, of course, like, yeah, I definitely have some different perspective now. Should have gone. Oh man, I went to one of their fights. It was so fun, dude. Those fights, the Springfield fights, because they fought for Springfield Fight Club. And I'm guessing that you probably were familiar with those guys Mm -hmm. because they, they, would come up and fight. Actually, dude, uh, Zach and James fought each other. No, no, Mike and James fought each other. Mike and James, and James fought beat him in yeah. Springfield, and everybody in Springfield was just like calling. Yeah, James we were trying to word. start yeah. fights. I think I was at that fight, but dude, that those like little amateur like local fights are so fun to be at because it almost seems like there's less rules at least early. This was probably 2008. Oh, Aaron, you tell us what happened at the Voodoo Lounge because she was in those fights. It was brief. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're fine? 
that one was fine. So I mean, she did you not? Did you not? Uh, her, her, I her. So her choked first her fight. My first fight was she Tanya Evans. The nicest yeah. way possible. She's like, I choked her. her. Fight. <laughs> it, it's in her story. So no, I sent a text to my friend. I was like, uh, she's like, how'd it go? I'm like, well, rear naked. It was great. And I told her the time, and she's like, wait, what's that? Rear naked choke for our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> you did what to her? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, now, Aaron's first fight, so we, we, we trained her up. You know, she's 0-0. And typically when you're doing that, you're looking for somebody who's maybe had no more than a couple fights who so work with a promoter, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But also what happens in your amateur fights, it you doesn't matter. you'll back out in the last minute. And so that's what happened to Aaron. And it was like, <clears throat> okay, so they found you another fighter. So it was Tanya Evinger. And Tanya, it was her 10th fight. It was her she, last fight before she, she was, pro. I think she was that 10 was and 0. Stone. And so Aaron's 0 and 0. She's 10 and 0. Aaron's like, yep, yeah, fuck it. I'll do it anyway. Yeah. So, I mean. It was bad. Good on my girl. <laughs> she, gets, she gets in there, throws a beautiful cross that actually knocked Tanya back into the ropes. Tanya proceeded to catch her in a guillotine. From fair, out. Fair, I fairly quick. I'm like, oh. After that, else? right? And so loses her first fight. And so then several years later. Is when we get her back in the That's cage. when the girls were all training, and they were fighting. April was taking kickboxing matches. Yeah. She's, she trained with you for Noy and Sharice were, were fighting. Yeah, Sharice Davids. Uh, I trained Sharice yeah, almost yeah. all of her fights. Sharice was from our house. Very she's cool. Fighting, um, um, Shari- like the, the, the pol- yeah. Pol- politician? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah. am I she thinking would, of the same Sharice Davis? She, she, she calls me all the time. Like, not her, but like they're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, leave me alone. Yeah. No yeah. thanks. Yep, yep. Um, no, Sharice was a good fighter. Um, that's wild. <laughs> but then, yeah, so no, we were Aaron, training, Aaron partner. yeah. training partners yeah. coming yeah. up. So Aaron wanted to take another fight, took it. Went well, in no, you told me. He called the bakery one day, actually. And I answered the, it was, you know, when the phone was on the wall. And I answered the phone, and he's like, you know, you're ready. I was like, for what? And he's like, your fight. You got to fight. I found your fights coming up. Ben Nagaris. Yeah. You decided that I was taking a fight. Um, that was, two, yeah, 2009, I think. So you were already That's cool. You were making cookies and cakes so for I a had living, to like and then fighting. My hat a little low because I have black eyes. And Some things. raccoon eyes going. Yes. And You're everybody was wondering the guys you were twenty bucks was, to knock I me would, out. I would, she would train. So obviously, your mission hills ladies were asking how's low home yeah, life. Like, Is everything okay? <laughs> What's going on there? Yeah, <laughs> you talk to somebody. Um, I swear a girl did this to me. Right. <laughs> Sometimes there, there, there's always she always talks about me being mean, but there's always you know it's more guys on a fight team than girls, just just typically, and. Um, a lot of the guys would spar with her. But they'd be so nice. And they would, they'd hold back. And I would literally offer 20 bucks if you knock her out. Wow. To, to the guys, just to get her to be able to handle the shot. Believe they'd try to hit her at that point. And during that last camp, though, she knocked out one of our guys. That was surprising. And then caught another <laughs> one with a knee. And I mean, split his crap wide open. Okay, that was ground. upsetting. Had that I... <clears throat> You felt bad. She was. I, she I felt not terrible. Feel bad. Yes, no, I did. Don't believe her for a yeah. second. She's like, "Oh my god, you do seem like you're kind of a savage <laughs> deep down. Like you're nice. You seem very nice. I was but there's terrified. also, you know, there's a well, side. You have to be. Uh, uh, yeah, you got to have to have redheaded. <laughs> you know. But that was. I never like the blood and the like. It happened fast and went to the ER. I was like, "Do we go with him?" He's like, "No, he's fine." Like, yeah. Yeah, all right. Let's shake Super it off. Let's uh, Super glue. let's talk real quick about. So you you so finished the uh, Live Hard program, right? Uh, I'm on my third year. Third yes. year. So explain to everybody that's listening that might not know what that is. You know exactly what you've done through that time. So that was uh, August of 2020. I um, started listening to Andy. 
And I Andy Frisella for Andy people not and, and, and yes. specifically was this the MFCO podcast or the Real um, podcast? That, well, so I I found him through Claire Thomas. Okay. So on on Instagram, I went down a rabbit hole and I was like, my God, she's having so much fun. She looks so alive and she's strong. Like I'm training, I'm stressed out, I'm doing all this stuff, and I'm leaving so much on the table. Like I want to be like she was doing a little challenge and she did twenty pull ups and I was like. Sweet, I want to do that. I need to do that. I need to it was get like better. Twenty pull ups every day for like thirty days. Or? It, no, she was doing a little like a horse challenge. I'll find it and I'll send it to you. It was a little hmm. YouTube or Instagram video or something. I don't know what it was, but she was doing a challenge with another athlete, and I was like, man. So I started scrolling her feed, and then I saw a picture with Claire and Andy and Sal, and I was like, huh. And she's thanking them for all, all that they've done for her. And I'm like, huh. I wonder what they're done for her. I went down the rabbit hole, and then I found um, him, Andy talking about seventy five hearts. So at that, so 2020 must have been. Um, I don't, I think it must've been MFCO yeah. at that time. Yeah. yeah. And then I listened to the podcast. That was this Friday, had a full like meltdown about it all. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta be better. Like I have, um, you know, at that time it was you know, 25, 30, yeah, yeah, 30 employees relying on me. Um, I'd had to lay folks off for during COVID because our business slowed down so much at first. Um, we have three children. We haven't talked about them yet, but um, our stepdaughter, or my stepdaughter now is 17. Um, and at that time, May was two and Jack was four. Yep. And I just <clears throat> felt like a complete, I just felt inside out. Um, and so uh, I listened on Friday. I started on Monday and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I have no idea, <laughs> but mm. I'm going to do these things. And I got the app and I was tracking all the things. And the first, you know, 75 days was rough. Like it was hard. It was ugly. I was uncomfortable. You were like running um, outside in the rain and stuff. Are you telling me? Yeah, you and know, it just to just, make it work some days. Yes, and and you know when you have you know people are like I don't have time and I don't, you know two workouts whenever I was like well you just make the time like if that's what you you know and so I no fails no anything I, mean, I just did it all um, training in the gym of course and then sometimes I drag a piece of equipment outside the gym or do the second workout um, outside usually usually my uh, first session was at five a.m. with a small group that I train with and then. Um, and then I was probably like two weeks from the end and I was like, God, I've made a lot of progress. And you start looking at your progress pictures and I was like, you know, I can't be done. It was like, you're reading a good book or it's a good movie about to be over. I was like, well, I'm, I'm definitely not done. So I started looking and I was like, oh, geez, there's three more phases to this. Um, and so I think I took a couple of days off and maybe had a beer and then was like, <laughs> all right, well, let's go. So phase one, phase two, phase three. Um, and what the things that started to change for me in the gym, like, you know, did I cut some weight? Did I gain strength? Yes, but it was way more mental for me that I, um, like, we were doing something where we do these holds, these static holds overhead. Um, is uh, what's the is the row? You like kill us on the rower, and then we have to hold the kettlebell. Is the triathlon where we're doing the bike, the row, and the skiing? No, nope, just the, just is the tell you can't. Oh, okay. I can't remember what it's called. But you row, you sprint on the row, and then you hold the kettlebells, and you sprint on the row. Tailpipe. And then you, tailpipe. Yep. And then you hold the kettlebells overhead, and you want to die. Shout it feels like someone's Jones. sitting <laughs> on your chest. It's terrible. And then um, you do it until you can't. Can't or won't is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I got in there, and I was like, oh, my God. I'm fine. Like, I can keep going. Like, I whatever that we know with runners and their walls, or whatever, I was like, I think I just went Push over this wall. It. Yeah. Yes. And I was like. I, and then after the workout, I just was on a high. I was like, 
I have never felt that good. And I've been training with you for years mm-hmm. um, at this point. Over a decade. Yes. And it's not, you know, it's not a you know lack of training. It's just what I was putting into it. And I just mm-hmm. didn't realize how much I was shortchanging myself before. Um, but this program for me has changed my entire life. Yeah. Like it, David Goggins talks about that, you know, how much yeah. you actually have left, you know, when you think right. that you're at the yes. end, you have capacity. You know, yes. Yeah. So and let me ask you a question, right? Yes. right? Cause I speak to deep water. Yes. Do you think to that point you hadn't fully gone both feet in? No, or you I hadn't. Did, or maybe but I didn't have awareness had that I hadn't. No, I don't we think I knew I hadn't. Water in, mm-hmm. in the gym you know? all the time, and that's and that's the surface looks all right. Yeah, a lot of people go into things and they toe dip, and they think they have a hundred percent. They think they're giving because it's that edge, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm afraid I'm gonna throw up. I'm afraid I'm gonna fail. I'm afraid maybe I do really good. Then what do I have to do? I have to own up to that. But like, it's okay to time. drop your kettlebell. It's right. okay to fall off the bike. It's okay to fall. Th- it's okay right. to puke. And like people it, just won't go that far. And yeah, so that's, that's what that's that what I'm asking her is, yes. is, and that's the thing we I ask people to do is go into the deep water. And it is a psychological thing. Yeah, it, it's totally. Find that thing. Go all the way under because you're gonna have to fight your way back up. For sure. Period. And if you don't do that. They're not going to know. Well, you're not going to find out who you are. Yeah. But the no compromising for me, like the no matter what, I mean, that's the reality. Like you have rent to pay, you have customers, you have customers counting on you, you know, you have employees counting you. And now, you know, my team is just about 40 employees. And it's like, I, I can't, I have to be at this level. Like I have to be optimizing everything I can to serve them. I think, you know, when you think about the live hard program, when people, uh, criticize 75 hard or they criticize live hard, it makes me laugh because I'm like, if, when you really think about it, it's a time management, it's a time management program because if you're going to work out twice a day, if you're going to drink your water, if you're going to read your pages, if you're going to do, you know, take your pictures, Mm -hmm. if you're going to do all of those things, you know what you have to do? You have to plan. Right. You can't just like wing it, especially with three kids. And so like, you know, for me, when I've done the, you know, all the steps of it, it's, it's basically like, it teaches you, okay, I need to, I need to be intentional with my days. I need to go word for it would be intentional. Yeah. I need to go Uh into my days and be intentional. And it's, it's, you have to tack every day. You can't just like be passive with it. And physically what you get out of it's great, but really like you were saying, it's mentally, it's like what it's doing to you as far as like creating habits, it's driving habits into your, your head because I've, you know, I've had a lot of bodybuilders like, well, I've dieted for a bodybuilding show. That's but, the same thing as, as dieting for a yeah, bodybuilding fight, show. Fight, a fight coming up. Yeah. Make well, weight. Yeah. Now I, I had done the program. I'd done the entire live Hard program the first year and I yeah. was, I went straight into my second year and, and we were having, we were, I mean, we were fighting about something. We were having a, you know, and he's like, what, you know, what do you, what's the deal and what do you want? And I was like, I really think that he's like, what should I do? I was like, I really think if you get on this program, it will help you to refocus, reset yourself. And he's I'd, like, I'd poo pooed it. He's like, I've already done all that stuff. Like, because everything I was like you sound there. like an sure. old athlete. Mm-hmm. I've done right. My old instructor would literally put me. So in, in the school I trained in in Raytown, there was no hot water. Right. I actually lived at the martial arts school for eight and a half years, slept on the mat. Totally immersion. So he's like, the cold shower, that's dumb. He mm-hmm. put me in the cold shower for a half an hour, and if I got out, he'd beat me with a stick. Mm-hmm. So that I, I'm like, five minutes of a cold shower, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I doesn't, I've been there, right? And he's like, that's so, a cute program that you're doing, honey. Right, like, yeah. right. Cute. Speaking to that, I mean, it is all the things, and I think we're, when I, I'm, I'm in, I'm on day 52 right now of year two. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, I said, fine. Fuck off, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. So 
in spite of you. Um, so jumped into it, and I, I would agree totally with that on, on the time management, right? Um, because I will, a lot of times in my own head as an entrepreneur, overcommit. Yeah. And then I'm pissed off. It's like, that didn't happen today, yeah. right? But the time management that that, that forces you to be in, I think, and, and what I was going to say on speaking to the time management of this funny fire and live hard program is if you're going to be an entrepreneur or even just successful in a career, not a job, sure, but a career, it is a marvelous model yeah. to be able to, to follow that because if you replace all those things, the things that you're going to have to do in business and you're going to have to plan for and you're no going to have what. to make the time for it no yep. matter what yep. to be successful. It's a great model to build that into your system. For sure. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I don't think anybody who's ever criticized it, I've yet to meet anybody and um, that has completed the program that said they didn't like it. Like this is a waste of time. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. It's Not like, it. you know, can you, you know, be a critic and say there's so many other ways you can go about this, so many other things you could do? Well, of course, you know, there's a lot of routes you can take. There's a lot. But at the end of the day, when you follow a plan and you follow it to a T, and you complete the plan, you're going to come out better, you well, know? And I have people just to like give a good annotation of this. People would come into our store all the time and tell us what kind of plan they're following. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we had people doing weight watchers, you know, when I first met, you know, and there's all kinds of things I could poke holes in weight watchers with, but if you follow weight watchers, you're going to get results. Well, hell yeah, absolutely. You're in a calorie deficit. It's all based Should, on points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Honest, like, yeah. yeah. You're going to stick with it. You're going to get results. Yeah. So I just like, you know, what, what, you know, uh, what vehicle do you want to pick that's going to actually match up with your lifestyle that you can be adhering to on a daily basis? So it all comes down to adherence. Can you stick to it? Other than do it. I, I, the thing that I think is the most marvelous thing about that program mm-hmm. is the only penalty or reward is yourself. Yeah. You fuck you it to, up. You have to it's your own yeah. integrity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing we're talking about. The Honor system. you got to look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. You've yeah. got to look at you every single morning. And if you can look at yourself and live a lie, that's one thing. Right. right? Which I think a lot of people do. But in that position, if you fail, you start over. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. I had to start over on a progress pick. I'm sure we all have a similar story. You yes. know what I mean? I'm day 23. I had to start over over like a progress pick. Like of all the pick. things I freaking forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've fallen asleep trying to read my 10 pages. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Book on my face didn't I don't, wake me I, up. You know what, you know? though? What that did, it, it changed when I read. I don't same. ever read at night. I, I always read, read in the morning. Thing. Yep. First thing. Yep. 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 Because I would do the same thing. And also, I yep. never realized on the weekends I didn't do shit. So, like, I would that. not read on the weekends. I would not drink enough no. water on the weekends. Right. Like right. Work out. Yeah. I, the first I, Sunday was hard for me. And yeah. I was like, this sucks. Like, yeah. I got to yeah. do all this yeah. stuff. And mm-hmm. then it's fine. Yeah. Then we just get out my, with the kids. And I just talked to one of my longtime clients just yesterday or two days ago. And then I, I did a, a vlog. I do a weekly newsletter. And in the vlog, I was speaking to that exact thing. Yeah. Is our society has told you you're 40 hour. Well, nobody does 40 hours. If you're actually working, it's more than that, obviously. <laughs> but you're 40 hour a week. And then... I'm going to go party on the weekend. Yeah. I'm going to let it go. Why the, when you've got the opportunity and you have the time to work on yourself, wouldn't you use the weekend yeah. to work on yourself Correct. to move forward? And it's just, it's that, once again, it's that mental switch mm-hmm. of what are you going to do with the time that you're afforded? Yeah. Uh, one of the things I've been preaching recently, I've been, um, I'm doing one of Jordan Peterson's books right now. And one of his favorite things, you know, constantly comes through on my feed is you're in this life. You're all in. Mm-hmm. This life's going to kill you. Yeah. Why wouldn't you try to find out who you are and what your human potential is and give it absolutely everything you've got? Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. You know, And 
the other thing that resounds with that I saw recently was I saw a license plate that it reminded me of something. So I'm, I'm not a real religious guy, spiritual, Christian, of God. But the license plate said, I owe you God. Where I think so many people look at our society and feel like they're owed something. Yeah. Or I need this or I owe, I, I, I'm owed that. But it's more of thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Which is I speak to that weekend as well. So if you've worked all week, instead of just going, oh, I'm fucking tired, I'm going to drink a beer, I'm going to eat a fucking pizza because that's what I deserve. You just told yourself you deserve to be a slob and to be fat as fuck mm-hmm. and not move yourself forward at all. So yeah. also when I first heard Andy, I was like, oh, he sounds familiar. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, like my husband. Just the honesty. Yeah. yeah, yeah because, yeah. you know, it, it, that, that, but it, I you, was like, you I know can what, learn so much. You, you, you know what Andy from, taught me from a, from a really young age. So I've worked for Andy since I was 20 or 21. We both, he's worked for him since he was 18. And um, one thing that he taught me a long time ago was that the truth is actually the nice thing to do. Yes. And we were like, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, some of the things that would come out of his mouth, he'd be like, wow, that's kind of mean, you know, yeah. but then he'd be like, is it mean? Or has anybody never told you that before? Because right. if you don't, you know, the people that you surround yourself with, if they don't tell you the truth and yes. they're not being nice to you, yes. you know, I, I just spoke to the same thing on this exact same vlog, yeah. which is my bedside manner is not phenomenal. She can attack. I mean, it's like in, <laughs> in, again, like in fight camps or when we're intense about things. Brutally honest. Yeah. It sucks. When it's like, but I he mean, doesn't, is, he doesn't care. I mean, maybe his feelings do get hurt. I don't know, but you still just tell the truth anyway. No, yeah. If you, you're sucking, right? The reason I don't want you to suck, number one, like we're doing deadlifts, right? You're not doing it right. I don't want you to get fucked up. Yeah. And I don't want you to progress. But I also want you to pay attention to what you're doing and care enough about what you're doing to want to be better. For sure. Mm-hmm. So it, whether it's a lift or if it's how we're defending ourselves or striking or grappling, whatever you're doing, why not do it at 100%? Why not totally tune into you? And that goes back to that hour we're spending to, to dictate the rest. But in, in, in talking about the reality of things, Goggins says it in a great way. You're upset. Somebody called you a fat fuck. Mm-hmm. And the reality may be, you might be fat, mm-hmm. and that doesn't feel good. But if you want to be different than that, can do something about it. You're in control. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You've always got that choice. Yeah, yeah. Always, you can change it. We say this around our house all the time with the teenager, and is you can change that anytime you want. When she's got a thing, you know, like teenagers do, you have the choice. You can change that anytime you want. Yeah, I I've been uh, you know noticing about myself recently that. You know, the more that I remove any kind of like emotion from things and I just look at things logically, the happier I am. Yes. So like I don't have to wrap emotion into everything. It's like right. black or white. It's right. like if yes. I feel like I'm too fat, well, guess what? I need to, you know, lose some weight. There's no emotionality attached to it. It's just no. a black and white thing. Like that yeah. yeah, probably eating too many uh, of those delicious uh, cheesecake brownies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it brings up a serious question I have for you, Aaron, yes. because we didn't really touch on this. And it's like, dude, you make some of the best absolute best um, you know, confections known to man. Thank so when you, you know, you guys have been successful for a very long time. Um, like you said, you've, your employees have grown. You guys are growing. You're doing great. How do you balance this? Because you're in phenomenal shape. I know you've been doing the Live Hard program for a few years, but your story's, you know, much longer than that. And so I just want to know, what did you have to tell yourself psychologically, you know, on who you wanted to be 
because it's so easy to slip into this, like, well, this is who I am. I'm the owner of a bakery. Right. You know, I have to make sure all this stuff is, you know, consistent and tasting good. I have to do quality control. There's so many ways that you could excuse yourself. Right. You know what I mean? And you don't. And that's just really impressive. Well, um, I think that for me, the reality of where I was versus where I wanted to be, there's so much distance between the two that I was willing to do whatever it took to make the change. And at first it was don't touch anything, you know, like no bites, no cheat, whatever. Sometimes um, I have to taste something like that's a part of my job. That's part of what, you know, the deal is, but it's, it is literally the tiniest taste. And yeah, you don't have to finish it. I don't eat a bite, you know, a whole bite, a whole piece or whatever. But you know, for me, I just, I didn't, I didn't like where I was and I wanted it to be different. And the only way that I could see that it was going to be different is if I gave it a whole lot longer than I had in the past, because right. I had tried and I'd done this and I cut for this and I'd paid attention to that. But I just, I was not, um, I wasn't all in and I didn't feel good. I didn't feel aligned. I didn't feel strong. I didn't feel like I was in control, um, of my mind. And, and I think also in the program, putting the reading in for me has been huge. Like going for the, you know, having to read 10 pages a day sounds like nothing, but some of the books I've read, um, have changed. I mean, reading extreme ownership, I was like, Oh I mean, I bawled actually when I read that first because I was like, well, this is nothing like what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. I need to change this and this and this and this. And I called my director of sales and ops. I was like, I, we are fucking all this up. Like we need to make some changes. And so we did. Mm-hmm. Extreme um, Ownership is such a good book. Have yeah. you ever listened to it on audio? Yes. Yeah. So that's, I I've was read walking, it and I've listened to it on uh, I've audio. done, I've read it twice, the paper, and then I've listened to it twice because yeah. I was listening to it that night. And it all, I mean, I remember right where I was in our neighborhood. It was cold. I was out on my second workout, um, you know, excited to be reading this book and Jocko and all, you know, and I'm reading it. I'm, I'm listening. And I'm like, oh, geez. Like, and I, I'm sure I came back inside and was like, uh, I'm feeling this and this and this and this and this. Um, and so, again, just the decision to go, to keep going and to realize this is opportunity. It, this is failing. I'm not a failure. And so distinguishing those for me also has been sure. big to see it as the opportunity to fix things rather than destroy myself right. and think that the best books are like mirrors, you know, yes. like when you, when you read a book and you're like, Oh shit, that's me, yeah. you know? And, and I wouldn't yeah. have, I wouldn't have never known that unless yes. I read this and yes. I like self audited myself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Extreme ownership was like that. It sounds like we actually, it's, it's mandatory yeah. for a manager. Yeah, we have yeah. to we we make our that. managers read it. Well, I think it's, yeah. I think that's a trait that um, entrepreneurs Same. have to come to things with. And that's that, that you're, you're never done learning. Yep. You've got to stay humble and you've got to be willing to put in. You're the talking work. our core values right when, now. Yeah. When, when, those yeah. two when, when, when it doesn't feel yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. You've got yep. to do it. And that's where I, in yep. same blog, but I'm speaking yeah. to this this week is the same thing is um, I've had a couple of clients who are like, you know, it's hard to get in here in the morning. It's hard to get, I'm like, nah. no shit. Mm-hmm. And here's one. Sorry. It's hard. It's always going to be, mm-hmm. I've done this my whole life. And there are days I, get up, I don't want to just, I'm, you've heard Jocko say, it, you've heard guy all of say it the same thing i don't have an emotion about it anymore yeah. right it's just what i it's, do it's, it's who you are i go in go. and freaking smash it. it it may as well be drinking a glass of water or breathing mm-hmm. it's just what i do and i've had people over the years ask me how do you it's like there isn't a how about it you make a freaking decision yes. 
and you go do it ahead of time. And it's a, a catalyst. Yeah, it's. Well, it's and there are some days. There is the psychological yes, the precept, but there's also the days where I have to get on people because and sometimes it is people training for a fight because you get mentally exhausted when you're doing a weight cut things like things things shift. Yeah. And it, it switches to move your ass, your brain will follow. Yeah. So it's uh, training yeah. your body enough that we're going to go and do it anyway. And I may leave my freaking brain to yeah, make take some action for a first. Minute. Yeah. Your brain will catch up. And right? I, that, yeah, that has been a big learning curve for me as well. And to build the momentum, to do these things, to build it as opposed to waiting for it to like fall from the sky. Like it's not coming. No, Mom, nobody's coming. You have to get moving and then it, then it creates that. And those are, um, I mean, those are life lessons that I hope that everybody listening, you know, eventually learns because um, it's something that took me a lot of years to, to, to build those calluses, to figure that part out that, Same. you know, nothing's given and, and you're not going to, you know, what you want or you, if you truly want it, you got to do it. And um, <clears throat> James Clear, you know, wrote Atomic Habits. Have you yes. guys read that one yes. as well? several times. Talks about outcome, you know, based goals versus, you know, um, yes. building a system and just falling in love with the process, if you will. There's, we've all heard these different phrases, but it's truly where the secret is. You just got to settle in on the on the on the system that you like to follow and stick to fo- following that system, and that's the out the outcome will happen no matter what. Um, Seventy five hard is also another program that helps you can build the momentum to understand that process, to understand that that's really the the outcome. You, you got in this better shape, and that wasn't even the goal. Right. You know, you're like, oh, I didn't even recognize that was going to happen. Right. You know, right. um, on a on a separate note, as we want to wrap up a little bit, I want to ask you both. You know, what's next for you guys individually? You know what I mean? As far as what are you working towards now? Because you guys um, are always striving for more. So what's next for you? So. Yeah, but your space. I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, like professionally, mm-hmm. we have our new event space. So we're building that, building awareness about our event space. It's called the Space by Dolce. Is uh-huh. that correct? Uh, the Space by Dolce. Yes. And so that is the perfect spot for um, smaller events and parties and showers and Define small for our listeners. So anywhere from, I mean, you could do a dozen people um, all the way up to 50 um, very comfortably. Bring your own everything. Uh, great for workshops and trainings. Um, it is the back, the door opens up into our production kitchen. Very cool. Um, so really building awareness about the space and um, options there. Uh, big time excited about holidays and bourbon pecan pie and pumpkin pie uh for thanksgiving oh my god at the bakery mm. um <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh this i also the worst time of year for me yeah. like i i have a sweet tooth kyle loves like, a confection i want to yeah. increase my bench that's what's up uh okay. i yeah. want to increase my dead hang pull-ups i want to i want to do bar muscle-ups strict bar muscle-ups um and still rehab my Freaking ankle, so I can do something. <laughs> so that, yeah, that's that's what's that's what's next for us. Uh, yeah. And figuring out, we're also homeschooling. Started in January. Oh ones. man, what uh, a undertaking! So, the two, so the two figuring ones. out getting a better rhythm there is uh, yeah. important. The other to me. one's a senior. Yeah, at Shawnee Mission South, we're not gonna. Yeah, I don't know. So we went to the homeschool thing last year. We're not going to mess with that. But and we love it. And it's hold hard. Podcast. I it's was cool about to say, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, me and my wife have talked about that, down. especially with lots of the, you know, the, yeah. it seems like you, yeah, as a parent, it's, it's more and more nerve wracking sending your kids into yes. a public school recently. And, uh, but it just seems like such a huge undertaking. It's totally doable. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Anytime you want to talk. Yep. Yeah. All right. It is. 
It's totally doable. And there's some good co-ops where they can go a couple days and mm-hmm. then you have. Yeah. So that's why we're here today. Mm. That works so out. There. That's yeah. Interesting. I'll have to tell Kim about that. Yeah. I'll talk to her. You, anything. We'll FaceTime. Yeah. Chat. That's um, what kind of got us because we had lots of concerns and we talked to co-parents and they're like, no. And one of my friends was like, Aaron, you know how to prioritize. You will be fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm barely hanging but. on right now because I got a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and an eight-month-old, and so like, oh my god. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're I'm in, in it. I'm in the thick you're right never now. Gonna sleep I, again. I no, live. you are. I, if I get six hours of sleep, I'm like, dude, I oh. am so like a little my whoop. I'm like, look at me. Yeah. I'm gonna get after it today. I barely get six hours. Yeah. You're, you're fine. I think it's just that's if what you're it's six training hours me right now. With that old, you're great. Yeah. I might as well be a college kid. Well, if you if you brought. Yeah. If you brought my wife in here, she'd be like, of course he gets six hours of sleep because when the kid comes in the room, he doesn't wake up. I you know, get I get up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't hear her. So, like, I don't know what you want me to do. you got to wake me up, I guess. That looks like a problem that you but, guys have yeah, had, Yeah, I know. Too. I was like, what? <laughs> I, well, no, May prefers because, him in the middle of the night. Yeah. Our four-year-old, she's, Daddy, they both do because can I, I have a hug? Up. Yeah. I, because of my security work stuff that I do and exec protection stuff that I've done, I... I wake up if a fly farts. Yeah. In the house. I'm, I'm the opposite of that. Way. If you break into my house, I'm screwed. Like, <laughs> take whatever, just don't wake me up. You want to talk a little bit, Johnny, about what you guys have coming up at the gym? Uh, so we've got that fight camp going on. Um, we've got uh, something that I'm trying to build out there at the gym is just reinforcing the culture right now, in all honesty. Uh, this is the hardest it's been maintaining the culture in the niche that we are um, because I am not a gigantic advocate of a lot of what's going on out there in woke society culture, right if you now. will. The Correct. woke culture, if you will. Mm-hmm. I am not. Um, be very clear on this. One of my very best friends in the world is, is a gay man. Mm-hmm. He would tell you right now he can't stand what's going on with the culture and things like that. And, and I don't want to go running off on the rails and things like that. But the whole idea that somebody owes you anything and this rollover of things have to be nice and, and blah, blah, can't offend anybody. It's can't offend. I offend everybody oh, yeah, like and most of the time funny. on fucking purpose <laughs> just to see if you've got any th- fight in you at all. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, about every, I've noticed in my gym, and it may be other gym owners that have done maybe as long as I have, um, would say the same thing. In, in maintaining a culture, about every three to five years, I have a rollover where I have some of the people start to drift off that I would refer to as they toe-dipped or were fooling themselves as to how deep in the deep water they actually were, and they're running into something that they're not into that full commitment. Not of fully dealing with what they need to right. deal with. And then we get this rollover of niche in the gym again. And um, we've literally started marketing, not solely to, but around this, the mindset of our, our campaign right now is frontline, last line. And that's first responders, your law enforcement, military, retired military, or law enforcement, teachers, nurses, uh, triage doctors, anywhere along that line, we, we run, we're running a deal for them and it's in perpetuity. It will never cost you more than what it's going to cost right now to have full access to everything. That's part of the give back. Mm-hmm. But, it, but part of that is because they're already coming in with a mindset that is more of like where we are. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's an ex- a piece of it that I'm somewhat, honestly, and be very, very transparent, exhausted, trying to get some of the woke culture to grasp what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it exhausts out of me. Yeah. Because I'm like, 
here's this, here's this, here's this. Like all here's, these tools, all these opportunities. All these opportunities, all these things, and you just... Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Oh, I'm I don't gonna, do I'm, I'm it's, hard, it's hard to coach people that don't really want what they say they want. Yeah. Because they don't know what they want. Right. And they're not willing to try. Right. They can't figure out so, what they want because they're not really committing to anything. So in the speaking of what we're doing is it's just doubling down on our culture. And if that makes it harder <laughs> on some that are already in the gym, yeah, guess what's coming? Um, that and then, um, you know, uh, our Iron Arsenal training program. Um, we, we've got several agencies. We've got security companies in. We've got a civilian lined out program for that. Those that want to defend their own homes better, we um, mm-hmm. have mocked up um, shoot you house. You teach like me I how said. to w- wake up a little bit easier? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you, guys, so you, got, you have a shoot house? Yes. Do you? In the gym. In the gym? But also yeah. he'll come yeah, to your house. house. Oh, but it, it's, with, uh, it's not with live ammunition, correct? It's with Sims. Yeah. yeah that's cool. We should go do that. For real. Well, yeah. we've done that. Uh, we've done some team buildings for some some companies where we where we go through all that because part of that, particularly in your guys' business, a lot of the companies have come to us. Some are Fortune 500, are um, wanting it for the stress inoculation, even just for their sales force. Yeah. Because when you're under pressure trying to get a sale or things like that, it's going to uh, the uh, uh, uh. same thing, man. Because we we actually have speakers back there, so once we run you through training how to do this or there, sometimes we will run crowd noise, people screaming over the speakers, an AR, the sound of an AR going that's, off that's cool. over your head. So we increase the stress, increase the stress, increase the stress so that you've got to be able to perform under those things. We yeah. run loops through that's it. That's so awesome. Getting more to the to the community with, with that program, uh, which is referred to as the asset program. It's agency-specific sentinel enhancement training. Um, so any particular agency, and we meet where you are and, and run that out. We've got about a dozen civilians who have been through the civilian-level side of that course that, that love it. Um, and we even do, like um, Aaron was saying, we'll come to your home and even do audit and assessments on your home security. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what you need to do, build a safe room in your home. Um, if there were a home invasion, what to do under that sense. Um, what firearms do you have if you don't? I'd love to go shopping with you. Um, and what Me and Jeff already have yeah. that problem. Yeah, we, we need to stop that. buying guns. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it, you know, it's, it's uh, and then how proficient are you with them? So then we talk yeah. about that. Um, and then uh, the security company as well. We've got some, some clients nationwide and just expanse i mean yeah. and all of it and then desperately trying to find sleep and enough caffeine yeah <laughs> i feel you there what are you guys reading besides i know you're reading atomic habits i'm rereading atomic habits I, I gotta get back on my shit you don't want to know what i'm reading oh okay. it's a very boring read it's called basic economics by thomas sowell okay and it's uh brutally brutally uh it's like this thick and i've been reading it for a long time and you're still reading yeah Basic economics, and it's this thick. Yeah, it's the, for our listeners, that's like four inches. Yeah, uh, just gave me a horrible flashback of college. It's uh, I, dro- I dropped my economics class. You, you it know was that bad, <laughs> but I I would say because I've been Andy basically instilled in us. Yeah, hey, we have a core value: always be learning. Okay. So I've yeah. read fiction, nonfiction. I've gone through the whole gamut of of business books. Um, you know, tons of leadership books. Yeah. Tons, tons of leadership books. I, I recently just got to a point where I was like, man, uh, I need to take a break from business books and just read about, you know, something that I'm interested in. Nice. I'm interested. Ba- the basic economics book is about, Hey, you want to know the history of communism? This is the entire history of communism. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, but it's also like, you know, it's got some, it's got some dry parts in it. What about you guys? What are you guys reading? Uh, I am reading Crushing It 
Oh, okay. Movie, yeah. The mm-hmm. second book. Because I read the first one and I was like, some of this is kind of like it didn't really. Um, Crushing It is the one where he gives you a bunch of, of yes. stories of people who read Crush It and did well. Yes. Andy's and in Andy's that in one. it. Yeah. He's, a, he's the final book. He's the final oh, one. I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. He's yeah. at the end. Sweet. No, it's, uh, I have another project I'm working on. I'll tell you about maybe what next you, time. What are you finishing listening to that frightens you uh, every day? Oh my God, The Terminal. She's, oh, on she's, the, she's on the last list. book. She's on the and last I'm like, book. And I'm like, is this real? She's, she's on the fifth, but she's on in the I'm blood I'm listening now. to that. Yeah. Uh, I I watched the series. Have you watched the series? No, yet? not yet. When, I'm when? sure. I'm sure. Books, I know. I know. I need to read the books because I'm usually the guy that's like, books. you should read the book. The but the books are so much. Yeah. Is the series good? The series is so unbelievable. Put it on my power list. It's legitimately. Yeah. I'm living under a rock. I don't even know what you're talking about. The Terminalist? Oh, God. It's so good, dude. It's literally. watch this weekend is your homework. Which streaming service? Amazon. Yeah. Done. Easy. But you, you know, know who Jack Carr is? Uh, yeah. Navy SEAL. He, oh, okay, he's yeah, he's a best-selling yeah. author now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, man. He, that, that series is we awesome. Have, we have two questions we ask every guest, yes. we're, and we're there. Do you know what the, you know what the question is? Just a quick quiz on if you guys listen to the Protein Bros podcast. Mm. I well, listen, I read so I much and to, do so much. Yeah. I listen to the <laughs> MFCEO Project. Well, it's a, well, that's to over. Real so. AF. All right. Well, I went back to square one. That's okay. I got a lot to hey, learn, uh, Jeff. There's a, so there's a question we ask everybody, and that is just simply, we're from Kansas City. This is a really, really, uh, you know, a big deal to a lot of people. Maybe not to y'all. But the bottom line is everybody wants to know what's the best barbecue in Kansas City. You get one spot to pick. Where do you go? I mean, recently, it's great. In proximity, but I mean, no, no, you get one spot. Yeah, hmm. this defines your Kansas City. See, this is hard because to me, it's changed, and that's okay. Partially because of COVID, and I still don't smell shit right. I'm with but, you. But uh, used to be Oklahoma Joe's, the gas station specifically. Yeah, yeah. That's specifically, fair. that was probably my original OG of yes. I have a lot of people in my gym tell me Q3. I've never been there. You're missing out. Don't go there. It's so good. What? <laughs> yeah. And there's one in Overland Park now. Like, oh, yeah. No. I just yeah. have it. Yeah, the gas station for me. Because my first kitchen was there, 47th and Rainbow. So Oh, you were right there? I was right there. It was yeah. the youth front building in the basement. I would bring, uh-huh. her, ha- no I'd bring her a half chicken about every I other day. I would devour that thing. Yeah, dude. And their fries are phenomenal, too. You got to give you them some credit. You guys do the yeah, I yeah. mean, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They got yeah. the new rocket yeah. pig, too. Don't, you know, oh, don't no. skimp on it. If you're a spicy fan, I know. Oh, no. yeah. has fried yeah. jalapenos on it. It's awesome. Nice. Oh, yeah. I need, yeah, like, a little spice. Now. But so, so we're, Casey we're Joe's, about... Now they call it Casey Joe's. We're about Oh, yeah, that, I'll seconds. never say it right. It's yeah, it's so close. We're really about goes. 60 seconds from Meet Mitch. Oh, I've heard so many good things about Meet it's Mitch. It's good. It's... Flanagan's a big Meet Mitch guy. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's good. Well, the guy's name is Mitch, right? And then it's like, but it's, is it, is the actual barbecue restaurant called Meat Mitch? Yes. Yeah. It's okay. good. Yes. I mean, it's delicious. It's good. Yeah. I heard it's good. Uh, uh, the other, brisket, yeah. grilled cheese. I'm excited to have you guys. We do a, uh, a big thing that we do on our, on our show is the Protein Bros Protein Reviews. Mm. Kyle and I have tried every snack like known to man that says it's a protein snack. Here we have a, <laughs> a monk pack protein cookie soft baked. Which camera should I put it in, Luke? A monk pack. Protein cookie, 16 grams of protein for all life's adventures. What, what kind of protein? I don't know. Kyle's going to tell us because that's Kyle's job. Yeah. We are snack experts, Jeff and Kyle, here to tell if you it's, if it's what protein snacks are worth buying and which ones are protein. not. Oh, hey. I don't want it. It's plant-based. It, it, it's not, gluten-free. It's uh, 
Double nope. dark chocolate. It's the it's nope. the typical uh, vegan protein blend, which is brown rice protein and pea protein. <laughs> Look at this hockey puck. What's that? I know. I'm giving her half. We're going tears. Oh, okay. Oh, oh shit. That's such okay. a waste of my taste buds. Well, <laughs> before I even have it. There you go. Oh, did I? We're giving it a shot, huh? <laughs> We'll give you guys a format here. Oh, here. man, this is not Dolce. I'll tell you not that. not your sponsor, is it? No way. We don't have sponsors. Okay, good. All right, so oh, right off the Yo, bat. that's not a cookie. Hey. That's a tree. That's a tree cookie. Hey, right off the bat, a lot of tree, but it starts to get good. No, shit. No. No. Mm -hmm. You're starving. That is hungry. the that's dry the reason. Hold on. Bro, let me go get you that box of I'm actual like, baked go? goods. Come on. <laughs> Okay, so there's an actual, um, there's another plant-based cookie we've 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 all, uh, we've done on this. That's we've bad. all heard of. It's the same it exact amount of calories, the same exact amount of protein. Okay, and and the truth is, if you are a Lenny and Larry's cookie person, this is way better. This made a mess. This is way better. Let me explain what's way better, Jeff. One of these guys. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? from Dolce. Okay, thanks. Um, let's get you one know, of these. You know one of these pumpkin oh, whoopie pies out those? here. But so Jeff, here's the deal. Here's the deal. So oh, the, the the nutrition oh. plan that I do, which oh, I have to ask if it's what you're doing because it's what I eat. Sorry. I do the vertical diet. Sure. Rice and meat. Period. Right. Uh -huh. So yeah, if yeah, I want this, is, and I tell my clients this too, if you want something that tastes like chocolate, fucking eat chocolate. Right. Eat a Danish. Not just sell my wife stuff. Eat, make something at home if you want. Sure. But then eat a freaking steak. You yeah. get your protein. And if you want to have some chocolate, eat that. Right. Go do an extra so many minutes of cardio. Have, have some macros and enjoy that are it. all that right. macro. That are quality. Quit trying. I hate it that people even try to do this. This, is, um, this brings revenue to their business. So bottom line, well, this, no, this, no, we don't, we don't, we don't sell, sell that. So okay. it brings us zero revenue. Um, bottom line is, but other protein for cookies, a plant based no. for a plant based cookie no. for it to be a hockey puck, it's it's not terrible. I'm not going to lie, it's not terrible okay. to me. I think it's a I think it's a five two. Uh, I think the, you should try it. I think it's definitely got some strong chocolate flavors. It's 320 calories though. That's a really robust. That's a lot. I'm not. How I'm many, not a fan of 320 calories for Jeff, one hockey If you pie. and I were on an island, if you and I were on an island alone, and that was the only cookie left, and somebody was going to eat it, I would let you eat that and then eat you. Okay. Oh. So, just to have actual <laughs> well, protein. There, so there, oh, this is this is. Have you had human flesh before? <laughs> I gotta ask now. Well, look in your eye. Do you have you eaten human flesh before? <laughs> Do you like the taste of human flesh? It might be good. It might be Ew. like steak. <laughs> <laughs> do you eat human flesh medium rare? Because probably I've I seen am. Lord of the yeah. Flies, dude. If you're calling you me don't piggy. Wanna, you don't want to have like an overdone medium, you know. Like you don't want medium well <laughs> like flesh. No. no. It's, it's really, it's, really a, it's flaky. No, it's I not was, It's not good. I just, I'll just answer this way. I like it pink. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Man, there you go. <laughs> So I will say this about a, that. Can I get a review score on your human flesh? Was <laughs> it any good? Was it a 5-2? That, that shitty cookie is is 320 calories and only 16 grams of protein. It will get a score of uh, 3.6. Human flesh, 5.2. Uh, we got here <laughs> for, for fat content, because that's what I'm worried about here. We got 16 grams of fat, so it's just as much fat as it is protein. Imagine having a vegetable-based cookie just and as having much sugar that much as fat protein. in it. It's okay. like... What, that's a lot yeah, of man. When people call it plant-based, it really it's getting far and away um, out of hand as far as right now. As far as the trends, everything's going more plant-based. It's uh, a woke cookie. That's probably my biggest problem. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, it's a 
you know, this is what you should do just because. No real right, rationale right, behind it. Right, there's no science. Or anything. Yeah, it's just trending, you know. So, anyways, this uh, this cookie is not exactly the best tasting, not exactly the best for you, but at your own risk. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> um, as far as the sign-off for the podcast, we genuinely appreciate you guys taking the time to come out here. We yeah, know thank was, you guys. It was it good w- getting to know you It wasn't easy for you guys to get off during the day to, to have, come, have you come by, and so we really appreciate you taking that time and being on the podcast. Loved hearing your stories. Excited to see what you have coming that you said, you know, you're working towards. Mm. Um, excited to hear about that. And then, uh, you know, we got to come by and do the shooting stuff with you because we really yeah. want to do that. We, we've uh, been talking about it beforehand. Sure. Um, if you guys uh, haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. If you're new, we appreciate you listening. Uh, for those who would like one of our Protein Bros Miami Vice t-shirts, those are now available at all of our locations. You just have to mention and show that you've subscribed to the podcast and they'll hook you up on the house. Or if you're far away, go ahead and go to our website, ProteinBrosPodcast.com, and you can order them there. Appreciate you guys listening. Yes, thank and, you so uh, much. We'll be back next us. week. Yeah, thank you guys thank for you. being on. Yeah, appreciate it. Easy enough, huh? It's a good time. We could have talked all day. I've never had a piece so bad in my life. I know. Go, 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 go. 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 <laughs>